welcome to episode eight of the Grassroots Guy podcast with me, your host, Harry Purdy. And today I am delighted to be joined by Yeovil's own boxing legend, Brad Axe. How you doing, Brad? You all right, mate? Yeah, very good. Thank you, mate. Yourself? Yeah, all good. I asked the same question to everybody, mate. Are you looking forward to uh, your experience on the Grassroots Guy podcast? Yeah, definitely. I've, I've listened to a good amount of your podcast previously, so I'm looking forward to hearing my own on the playback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Make sure you check it out because it's always interesting to hear your voice back um, on a show like this. And obviously, I'm used to it now, but for those people who come on, they do say it's a weird experience hearing themselves back. Definitely. Um, so tell us, Brad, who are you at grassroots level then? What do you do in the sporting realms? And tell us a bit about yourself. So um, I've boxed for Yeovil, started when I was 15 years old. Um, didn't really start it to um, actually have a bout, I don't think. I just sort of started it to get fit, using it as a, just a way of improving my fitness. Um, and then from there, a few sessions, I thought, oh, actually, I quite like this. And then next thing I know, I'd been matched up for a couple of fights and yeah, I fell in love with it straight away, really. I fell in love with like the discipline side of it. It's just, it's, it's another, it's another level when it comes to, you have to be so, you, cause when you're training in my head, you're always thinking, oh, what's my opponent doing? What's my opponent doing? Are they running at five o'clock in the morning? Are they, are they getting out? Are they sparring this much? Are they training as hard as me? And that is one thing that's always like pushed me on and made me go that extra step when I'm training. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think obviously it's something that will come on um, to further on in the podcast is obviously your passion for boxing and all those sorts of things. And you're now yeah. 47 fights deep into your yeah. amateur boxing yeah. career, which is a fair amount of fights for your age. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I've had quite a few, but I think I could have had more. Um, when I was boxing for Yeovil uh, prior to joining the RAF, I I boxed quite a lot, quite regularly. Um, and I got to about 20 fights quite quick. Um, boxing like the novice championships and stuff, done quite well in them, won the Western Counties Championships. And then decided I was going to join the RAF. Um, joined the RAF and that sort of halted me a little bit for a little while because obviously you have to go from basic training I then went and did uh, my firefighter training, um, which probably put me out for a, just under a year or so. Yeah. Um, just because you can't obviously box while you're going through training because if you get injured or anything like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it can set you back. And obviously, the RAF don't want that. Um, and then with regards to like going out of area, I've, got, I've been on a couple of tours. So that's like four, that's like eight months altogether away. So, yeah, just with like basic training, tours and stuff, I feel like I could have had more had I not have joined the RAF. But then the experiences and the, the level I've boxed at in the RAF has, has done me a massive favour, really. Yeah, brilliant. And in regards to like an amateur boxer then, what is the average amount of fights that you would have a year if things would sort of go as normal? Yeah. Um, any It depends how active, really. So it's... People can have, like, if you wanted to, if you really wanted to, you could box two, three times a month. Really? Um, not like the professional game where you, you're boxing once every, like, four or five months. So with, yeah. with the amateur game, you, you stay fit all the time. You stay pretty much on weight most of the time. And, yeah, you, you can box 
if you wanted to, I'll say every every weekend. I remember so, sometimes, like when I used to box for Yeovil, I'd get a, I'd box one day. It happened not so long back actually. I think it was 2019, and uh, I boxed for the RAF on the uh, Thursday night. On a Friday, got a phone call. Do you want to box tomorrow? That's for for Yeovil down in um, where was it? Down in Plymouth, I think. Oh yeah, do, do you want to box tomorrow? I was like, oh yeah, go on then. So you, you can box more than more than once in a week. Yeah, that's mad. But I say the average amount. I'd say about about ten fights a season is is pretty pretty active. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like once a month type thing. Yeah, yeah. It's quite, yeah. It's quite decent. That's a good fair, amount. Fair enough, mate. It sounds like uh, you're a very keen boxer, and obviously, um, yeah, it's something that we're definitely going to delve into the depths of during this podcast. But we, we will cast your mind back. Obviously, we had a little chat before the podcast started. What were your first sort of memories of any sort of sporting activities at school? And uh, did you go to college? Yeah, so I did public yeah. services at college. Yeah, so when I was at school, um, I started playing football at about under eight. Yeah, I think it was under eight I played. Played for Lige United, classic. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, done right, to be fair. I was never rubbish I was never amazing just sort of did it to sort of go along with everyone else me everyone sort of plays a bit of football yeah yeah um I did, I did enjoy it I, I'd never we never did amazing as, as, a, as a team um and then I got to about 13 when I started whilst I was at Preston started playing for the rugby team oh yeah and we done quite well we won like the I can't remember what they call it now but like the the county championships or whatever again not down to me I wasn't amazing <laughs> we had a very strong team uh, all of them used to play for like Argyle Barbarians um, so yeah we, we'd won quite well and that was the sort of deciding point to me of oh, I don't know if I want to do football anymore because I sort of realised that there was other sports out there yeah so stopped playing football uh, in my head I was going to start um, wanted to play rugby yeah at this stage, I wasn't very fit at all. I was like, yeah, I'll go play rugby. So I went to a couple of sessions and I just didn't enjoy it at all. I don't know what it was. I just thought this isn't for me. Yeah. So I probably had about six months, seven months where I didn't really do a lot. Um, probably a bit longer than actually, maybe about a year where I didn't really do a lot. I used to just go to the skate park on my BMX, uh, just uh, being a kid, do you know what I mean? Enjoying yeah, myself yeah, yeah, a yeah. bit. Um, and then... At school, it was my friend that uh, was like, oh, do you, do you fancy coming down to the boxing gym? Um, and I, I thought it? about him. Uh, Charlie Amel, I don't know if you know him. I know. Charlie Amel, yeah. He's just joined the army, actually. Uh, yeah, so he boxed for Yeovil a couple of times. I think he had about five bars. And, yeah, he, he sort of persuaded me to come down. I was like, yeah, okay. And like I said previously, like, first couple of sessions I, I enjoyed it and I thought mm, yeah I could do this and then the um, the main coach at the time so Dave Edmonds as soon as I walked in the door he was like hello who are you yeah and he was like I obviously said Brad Axe and he's like Axe oh the Axe man and that was like my first session so that sort of stuck then from there and yeah then, 100% what a cool name yeah, as well though yeah, and the fact that you come out of it as soon as I walked through the door, it, it just, it stuck. And then, like, the first time I sparred, he was like, oh, you're going to be the next Ricky Hatton. I'd only be going about th uh, 
like three weeks and I was like oh my god here we go yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah it was class so I sort of just fell in love with them really loved it ever since so in regards to like um you going into a boxing gym what do you remember about obviously you say about like being thrown a nickname within the first five minutes of being in the gym but what do you remember it is, it, otherwise it is quite daunting I think when you first walk in just knowing you're going boxing um like if you've it's it's a fight game isn't it it's, it's that intimidation of oh my god it's a boxing gym and I don't know if you've ever been to yoga boxing gym but it's a bit of a mess. <laughs> like you, you walk up these stairs and they creak and you feel like you kind of fall through the middle. Um, you get to the top and sort of everyone looks around at you. And it's just, it is intimidating for that first time. If you've never been in that environment before, yeah, it's it's nerve-wracking. And you, it's the same as any time. Like even for me now as, a, as an elite level fighter, I go to a different gym. So there's a gym out here in Cyprus um, called, Limus, uh, called Polis Boxing Club. And I've been there a few times for some sparring since I've been here. And you walk in the gym. And again, it's that same man- mentality. Everyone turns around, looks at you and you get those butterflies. It's, it's just a normal thing. Going to a different gym, sparring is going to, into a different gym as a whole. Is, it is a bit nerve wracking, um, but you, you get used to it. And like I say, we, when you we first walk into your gym, you're like, my God, it's a mess in here. But it doesn't matter. Like You just you get on with it and. The, the coaches are always been sound. They, they teach you the basics very quickly. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's good. Yeah. So obviously that's my next question then in regards to like an aspiring amateur boxer, maybe yeah. somebody that wants to try and get to the elite levels. What would you, what are the basics that you have to learn first and how quickly do you need to learn them before you sort of get thrown into a sparring ring? So I do a bit of coaching now out here um, in Cyprus and we have a lot of, kid sessions and then some novice sessions as well um the first thing i work on is footwork because everything comes off the feet so we try and spend a good three or four sessions predominantly on footwork basics straight shots like how your stance is how your guard is um and then just develop on it from there really some people take a little bit longer yeah but i'd say maybe three weeks of a couple of sessions per week of just footwork um, and then just build on it from there, depending on how advanced. So you get some people that, like, I I used to, um, I picked up quite quick, I think, because the fight, you know, some people like a fight, some people don't, and that's quite yeah. a big thing. And I know it sounds like, it sounds weird, but some people have been in fights before and they're in that sort of environment, and I don't know, they're sort of used to it, whereas some people aren't, and it take, some people are quite timid, and it takes a lot of time to, get that fight inside out of people yeah and that's important to it's a bit of fearlessness then basically in regards to going into a gym if you've got sort of a bit of confidence and you don't have that fear of almost walking into a punch then you're going to yeah. get on better than if you go in and you want to stand behind your your guard type thing for the whole session yeah i think i think if you've got that just again having that fight game in your head a little bit of confidence a little bit about yourself it does help but that doesn't mean to say that you you can't do it because there's people out there who there's kids out there that I've seen turn from like a as a little lad at the box the oval boxing gym called Theo and when he first turned up he used to be this like tiny timid little kid and I'm not joking you in about a year and a half he was a little bit taller and he was like class his head movement his footwork everything was just 
unbelievable to watch. Yeah. And then just develop and develop and develop. Now he's like, I think he's 16. I think he is. Might be wrong. <laughs> if yeah, you listen yeah. to this, I'm sorry about your age wrong, but um, he's class now. But he's, he's really, really good. And it's, it just shows that you don't have to be that confident, oh, uh, look at me sort of person to start boxing. You can be timid. And then the, I think the coaching and the discipline brings that other side of it, the other side of you out. Yeah, nice. So we'll move your timeline on a bit then, Brad. Uh, you've done, you've gone into the gym. You've got yeah. into the sparring for the first time and then your coach gives you the nod for your first bout. What do you remember <laughs> about it? About my actual first bout? Yeah, yeah. Well, not a lot. <laughs> no, I, I remember being quite excited when I first um, when I first got matched. But although I had started boxing and I'd like, fallen in love with it, yeah, I hadn't trained as hard as what I thought. Well, as, as hard as what I should have, if that makes sense. So I was yeah. I was training a couple of times, uh, probably three times a week. I wasn't really running. Bearing in mind, now I box at 75 kilograms, which is middleweight. Um, so when I was 15 back then, I, I think I was 16 when I had my first actual fight. I boxed at 75 again. <laughs> but <laughs> So as you can imagine, I was shorter. I was a little bit chunkier, not as like muscly. Yeah. So I was carrying quite a bit of extra weight. Um, from there, I, we we rock up. I have loads of people because at school everyone was like, "Oh yeah, I'll come, I'll come." So I had quite a lot of people down there, family, family friends, down in pool to watch me. Excuse me, and um, yeah, <laughs> I was I was on I think second to last. I remember being quite nervous. Yeah, Dean Brock, one of my coaches, and Dave Edmonds were there. Like, you're gonna be alright, Brad. Just keep keep to your boxing. Do do basics well. And then, yeah, I look opposite me in the ring when I get in there. And it was clear to be fair, I'll go back a little bit. Come walking out, it was amazing. You have all your family and friends there cheering. That atmosphere is incredible. Get into the ring. And I say this to a lot of people, with their first fight, with any fight, really, it feels like a film. I know it sounds really weird and it's hard for you to probably understand that, but it feels like a film. You have the lights on you, you have people screaming your name, you don't know who's screaming, you just hear yeah, yeah. Just random bits and bobs. And then you've got someone in front of you staring at you and you're about to have a scrap with them. It's, it's, it's weird. Um, anyway, yeah, long story short, I got my face smashed in this first fight. So <laughs> I, I had blood everywhere. It was horrendous. And then I got stopped in the second round. Um, so, yeah, not a good experience for my first fight. But after that, obviously, things calmed down, went back to the change room, got quite emotional because it, you have this like vision in your head of you like, winning and like you're doing well in sparring you, you're training well I thought I was training hard um and then yeah you lose and it's horrendous um whereas I remember Dave Edmonds come up to me <clears throat> after and he said look Brad he said this is your deciding point now and my dad came in the change room as well and he was just like because my dad's always been there from the start for all my training sessions and stuff he'd like he was just like look you you stick with it or we don't do it anymore he says up to you and that was sort of my point. I think I had maybe a couple of nights off to think about what I wanted to do. And I was like, right, that's it now. I'm on it. So from there, I literally trained and trained and trained. I got myself down to like 69 kilograms, which is weight category below. Um, and then, yeah, for the next four fights, I won all of them by uh, by stoppage. So Amazing. I was after that. And it just proves that you, you need to be training, you need to be running, you need to be doing the sprints. 
because if you're not, and that's what I, was, what I mentioned earlier at the start about your opponent training harder than you. Obviously, that first fight, that mate was that I boxed was an animal. Looking at him, he was like twice the size of me. It looked like, but he just trained harder. Yeah. He was stronger, and that that sort of has stuck with me. In regards to that, then, like obviously, you say you had a couple of days off to um, assess the situation, shall we say, and yeah. probably uh, nurse a few wounds by the sounds of things. Yeah, it would have been it would have been very easy to say, you know what, this ain't for me. But what was it then that like spurred you to just go, fuck this, I want to get back in the ring again? I think, I think what it was, you know, having people sort of knew then. I know it sounds big head, not big headed, but like people knew then that I was a boxer and I'm not the sort of person to just like give up when someone gets tough. Do you know what I mean? If I, I knew it was going to be hard and that was for those couple of days I was thinking, yeah, this is going to be hard. This is what I want. This is what I need to do. And I think those couple of days, that's the main thing for me, just going into what I needed to do, what the training, what my training was going to like involve over the next however long till my next fight. Yeah. Um, also the weight category change that was quite a big thing because I was like looking into sort of the professionals and what sort of weight they are for how tall they are etc etc yeah. I was looking at myself like yeah I'm not ripped either <laughs> so I could do losing a bit of weight um, but yeah so just the main thing really is just um, I knew I wanted to do it and even straight afterwards I was like oh this is horrendous this feeling of losing I, I knew that I, it was still for me yeah were you hurt did you feel hurt afterwards or was the adrenaline like too much what is in like physically hurt yeah yeah yeah. uh not really I, when you when you box unless you get like a cut that maybe hurts a little bit i feel like you maybe have a bit of a headache sometimes if you've had a hard like big three-round fight that's been a war you feel like you've been hit by a bus <laughs> but nothing really hurts in particular. Do you know what I mean? You just feel a bit like, oh, a bit stiff. Bit but yeah, that, that's yeah. What I did. yeah my, my nose was maybe a bit sore, but... Yeah, nice. Do you think you um got that, get that mindset from anybody like close to you? Like, is your old man like pretty sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Mo motivated and like, would he sort of get back up and carry on again? Or is there anybody that yeah. you can sort of uh, say that helped you get through it in terms of mindset? I feel, yeah, maybe... But just the coaches at the boxing gym, I feel like Dave Edmonds and Dean Trott, they, they've always, Dave Edmonds passed away now, bless him. And um, I feel like they always like were pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. And I feel like that, they were a lot to the decision. Because I feel like they, when someone sees the talent in you and they've, they've both made it clear that I had something. Yeah. And that was a big thing to me. I didn't want to let them down. Obviously, my dad said before, my, my dad was always like egging on to good training and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was just the motivation as well I think through the coaching yeah perfect and in regards to your um, career how many fights did you or have you had so far for Yeovil and which one of them stands out most for you so I had 20 bouts for Yeovil before joining the RAF um, the one that probably stands out the most for me was my uh, not my final but the one before that um, I boxed in the Western Counties final of the uh, England Boxing Development Championships. And the week previous to my fight, I, so I boxed in the semi-finals, won. And then the week after that, I went to go and watch the other semi-final. 
if that makes sense. So I knew I was going to fight whoever won this fight. Anyway, we rock up. I think it was down in Bournemouth, maybe somewhere. And uh, there's these two lads like warming up, and I, because at a boxing show, wherever you go, if you're if I'm fighting or if you're not, you sort of look at other people, thinking, yeah, they're about my weight, but they look alright. Do you know what I mean? So as I sort of was looking around, thinking, who am I boxing? Who could I be boxing out of these lot? There's this one guy, and he's like massive skinhead tattoos and I'm like nah I can't be him he looks massive keep going around the room there's a couple of lads anyway long story short turns out the big guy is one of the guys in the semi-final yeah and at this time I, I'm 18 years old like I know I've done quite well in the boxing before excuse me um boxed a few seniors so I felt like I was confident anyway seeing these two lads get in and this the bold guy battered this other guy, absolutely battered him, which means that I was going to fight him a couple of weeks later. So from then, for the next two weeks, it sort of motivated me to train a little bit harder, but I couldn't stop thinking about him just being like big and like just looks, he's just a man. Do you know what I mean? I know he's yeah, yeah. old, you have to adult, but he was a man. And that to me, like I'd be laying in bed at night time thinking, I need to get out of bed and do some press ups or something because I need to be bigger. <laughs> Um, so yeah anyway we we box in um, I can't remember where it was now uh, anyway yeah we ended up boxing and it was on his home show so his name lucky enough his name was Bradley so the whole crowd was screaming like go on Brad go on all this anyway yeah. so we come out and he's just staring at the opposite and I'm just thinking right be confident be confident so I'm just staring at him back we touch gloves in the middle and like when we we're face to face, I realised that he's not actually that much bigger than me. Um, and as you come out, first round straight away, I just boxed him. Just completely, you could just see levels. Like watching the video back, I just completely outboxed him. Um, second round, same again, and then I dropped him at the end of the left, uh, end of the second round. Amazing. Body shot, like pushing back into the corner, uh, hit him with like a right hook to the body, right upper, and he anyway dropped down. I thought it was going to be it, but as he went down, the, the 10 second clapper went. Um, so, right, that was it. Going back to the corner, and my coach was like, like just relax. He said, you've got one more round. He said, you're, you're two rounds up. He said, just relax now. There's no no point in going out there trying to knock him out. Sorry, the plane's quite loud. That's all right. Um, he's like, yeah, there's no point trying to knock him out. He said, just relax. Anyway, we go out the third round. I hit him with like three jabs and then like just threw a, a straight right and it just plonked him, boom, right on the chin and he just was knocked out on the floor. Which that, that was class for me because it was like on his home show, he was like to look at. If you looked at both of us in the street, you'd think he'd absolutely batter him. Do you know what yeah. I mean? He, he was massive, skinhead, scary looking guy. And yeah, I cleaned him out. So and that was the Western County's finals as well. So the whole that I was the West County's champion. Amazing. Um, and another thing, one of the RF coaches, uh, Andy Parker, he um had come down to watch me. Obviously, he because at this time I was like going through the process of joining the RF. I had I'd been given a start date. So he sort of knew I was going to be joining the the RAF team. So he'd come down to watch. So like everything was just perfect. I I I'd beaten him, I was West County's champion. He was then like buzzing that I was coming onto the team. Um, yeah, it was class. Yeah, unbelievable. And not only did you win that uh, Western Counties title, you'd also won. You've won that twice. I take it at different age groups. Is that right? Yes. Well, 
it's the same age because it was it was seniors but okay. the second time the second time was um when i was in the rf and that was for the um national amateur boys and girls championships so with with that that's like an under 21 championships um and i boxed i think it was end of 2017 i boxed there and that was a 69 kilogram so my weight sort of gone up and down from 69 75 just back down 69 and then now back up 75 but that was went down 69 and boxed that i boxed a lad from guernsey uh, me and that lad was supposed to boxed a couple of times like through the years and it it got kept getting but I think he pulled out once and then I pulled out once well I can't remember why but yeah it turns out we we got um brought together in this championships and yeah I beat him so I was happy with that yeah amazing and now obviously you mentioned um the fact that you obviously are in the RAF and you're now the captain of the RAF team is that right yeah that's correct yeah so is that the RAF overall yeah, the RF boxing team. Yeah, that's uh, unbelievable, mate. Isn't it? Tell us about tell us about your responsibilities and stuff with that. So just with regards to like uh, training camps and stuff, uh, just like liaising with the team. Um, if we uh, if we go in like the UCAM force and stuff, then I'll be like the point of contact sort of thing for the team. Yeah, and yeah, in reg- in regards to um, competitions with the RAF, what sort of what am I trying to ask? What sort of competitions, tournaments and all that sort of stuff will you be put into? What have you done so far in terms of fights with the RAF? I take it you fight against the uh, the Army, the Navy and all that yeah. sort of things, yeah? So I touched on, you know, earlier I said about the England Boxing Development Championships. Yeah, so ha- yeah, with, yeah, regards yeah. To the, with regards to England Boxing Championships, you have like regional area, which is when I was boxing for the Western counties, that was Western counties. Right. And then you have like London, uh, Southern counties, Northern counties, etc. So it's all like split up. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> from there, they all have their box offs. And then say, if you win the Western counties, the next round, you may draw against someone from the, from London. Yeah. That, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. The UK enforces its classes, their own region. So when we, have our championships, the UK Forces Championships. That's just like a, the first round of the championships, if that makes sense. Right, yeah, fine. So I boxed with the UK Forces um, in the finals in 2018. Uh, had a hard fight against the, an army guy. He'd been uh, three years previous. Uh, Josh Plummer, his name is, he's absolutely massive. Like, we stood next to each other and he's like, I knew I'd have my work cut out. Um, I won't go into it too much, but I, I thought I'd done enough. I thought I'd won round one and two. Um, but yeah, he he nicked it. So I was gutted about that because that was like my first year. The yeah. RAF as a whole had won. We'd only put three boxes in um, and the other two had won. So for me, if I'd have won that, we would come away with three boxes in, three UK Forces Championships. That would have been class. Um, but yeah, it didn't happen, but... It was supposed to be obviously last year, but then COVID. So hopefully this year it'll actually happen. I'll get a chance to redeem myself. Yeah, brilliant. And then what is uh what's the next sort of steps for you as a fighter, mate, in regards to what you want to do as a boxing career? Uh main thing for me is I'd like to win that UK Forces title one, maybe two times, um at least. And then obviously from there you go into the next stage of championships. So see how far I can get in them. If I could, if I can get ranked UK, like top 10, I'll, I'll be absolutely buzzing with that. Um, but from there, 
when I leave here, when I leave Cyprus, come back to the UK, I would really like to look at turning pro then. Um, I'm going to maybe try and weigh up my options probably about a year before I come back, see, see what opportunities I can get given and go from there, really. Yeah, perfect. In regards to boxing then, Brad, Obviously, people, you see it sort of used as um, like an outlet for kids who may be in trouble and whatnot. If there is anybody listening to this podcast that um, wants to know what you've got out of boxing from a 15-year-old up until now as a 24-year-old, what would you say the three biggest things that you've learned about yourself or uh, in a mindset regard that you've taken from being a boxer and being in the discipline? I think... The biggest, this is probably the biggest thing. I do not think I'll be where I am today if I didn't start boxing. And I'm not saying I had a hard childhood. I wasn't like around loads of awful things and that, but the discipline that this has taught me kept me on the straight and narrow. Like, uh, I used to hang around with a few different lads, a um, couple of which have like ended up in prison. They're on drugs and stuff now, even still. They're like dealing drugs, they're doing this, doing that. And I, I was around that when I was about 14, 15, 16. And there was many, many a times at that point where I could have done a bit of this, done a bit, a bit of that, do you know what I mean? I could have gone out of them instead of going training. But because I wanted to box and because I had people that knew I boxed and coaches that knew I could be good, that stopped me from making those decisions. I, I can sit here and say I've never done any drugs or anything like that in my life and that's because of boxing um so that that's the main thing the biggest take um, yeah absolutely yeah and with regards to like the RAF obviously is a similar sort of discipline because I was disemployed with like what I was eating I had to make a weight for a certain day I had to do I had to do like I knew I had to try and run x amount of times per week like then joining the military and having that just the discipline side of it that's then uh, a lot of people say oh, I, couldn't, I couldn't be in the army I couldn't be in the RF because I can't have people telling me what to do and to me that's just ridiculous like because because for me I'm disciplined if someone says if someone above me a rank above me or two ranks above me or whatever says do this I'm going to do it and that's what I think because I, I'm disciplined like my mum and dad have obviously always taught me that discipline side of it as well and I think to be fair it probably stems from that uh, my mum and dad were very good at disciplining me and I knew right from wrong so then to then go into the discipline side of boxing and then into the military I feel like that sort of played into itself do you know what I mean and is it still something that you think is quite popular or do you think um maybe boxing is like not dying obviously you see Sky Sports news and obviously the big boxers like your Furies your Joshua's and whatever do you think it's something that's like maybe dying in the younger age groups or do you think there's enough talent coming through to like keep it going locally? Yeah, I think COVID's probably messed up a little bit as, as everything really because boxing clubs have been closed. There's not that like you haven't been able to do pads for ages, you haven't been able to spar for a long time. There's been no actual competition. So obviously we, have, we can't tell yet because boxing hasn't started up again, but I can imagine there's going to be a lot of people that have like, just like yeah I'm not doing this anymore but I don't feel like it's done I think kids are still interested you think as much as people hate especially me hate to admit it the whole like YouTube sort of boxing sensation thing at the minute all these kids and that they're watching YouTube and they're watching 
bloody whatever his name Logan Paul is or whatever they're watching all this rubbish yeah that's probably making real oh boxing that looks cool I want to do that and there's going to be a lot of kids that watch Logan or uh, Jake Paul whoever they watch these fights and they, they then think go to their mum that this is what I want I want a box and although again I, I don't like the fact that someone that's had one fight and lost one has just been able to fight Floyd Mayweather and earn 50 million pounds for it however I think it's good because a lot of kids now are probably going to see that and they could be the next Floyd Mayweather do you know what I mean yeah just on that note do you do you believe that they're actually going to box in in inverted commas or do you think it's just a show mate in all honesty what when because it it was the other day that they boxed what do I reckon it was like set up almost yeah 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 Uh, I don't think it was to be fair I think you could because I, I, I got up, because there's a time difference here, I, I got up just as it was finishing. I think I watched the last three rounds. And it was a joke, to be honest. It was a lot of holding on and stuff. But, yeah, I think it's hard to say. I, I do think Mayweather's 45 now. He, he potentially, like, he is the best boxer to ever have lived in my opinion. I think he's, um, he's, he's incredible. However, I think, yeah, he's, he's passed now that Logan Paul or Jake, whichever one it was, I don't even know. Yeah, he'd have like 15, yeah, <laughs> I think he had like 15 kilograms weight weight on him, which is a lot of weight in a boxing ring. Um, I think he just held on to him and he struggled a bit. So either way, they're living life happy and they with however much money they made. Yeah, well, too much, mate. Um, if someone offered me that much, to I'd fight anyone for that amount of money. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, I think anybody, well, most people would, wouldn't they? Um, I've just another... had a text then, actually. I've just had a text then with, uh, from a boxing coach saying, 9th of September, do you fancy a bout? So that's good news. Where's that? Is that a Yeovil one or is that... <laughs> we're, getting live, oh, we're getting live news yeah, on the Grassroots My Podcast here, yeah. Uh, RF Bulmer, so that would be good. Happy days, come back to you. Fingers crossed that happens because that'd be cool. Perfect. Um, and then what I suppose I want to know as well, has there been any um fighters that you've come up against that there's actually been a bit of like needle in regards to like the build up? So I know it's obviously the amateur game and it's not really like yeah. in the press as such, but is there anybody that you've genuinely come up yeah. against and you've thought, I really don't like you, you're getting it, as or like maybe a bit of banter um, before the fight or whatever. I wouldn't say there's anyone that I've had like that. So I, I'm always very respectful. I'm yeah. always like a bit of a gentleman with the sport. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm a big believer in like touching gloves and like a bit of a hug or whatever after. Like yeah. that, that respect I think is massive because at the end of the day, they're getting in there to have a fight, same as me. Um, but I'd say like the build up has always been good because there's me and one lad from, um, from, uh, Bristol down end boxing club called Jake Demery. We've actually boxed four times now. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so there's every sort. Of, we sort of knew of each other for the first one. Uh, we boxed the first time. I beat him, um, and then we were matched again at the one of my, one of my station home shows back at RF Odeon. We were boxed. We were matched there. He beat me, um, and then we boxed on the Yeovil show a few months later in 2018 for like the trilogy uh he beat me again and then i remember i was meant to be boxing on his bristol show uh probably about four months after that yeah like what whoever i was supposed to be fighting pulled out and his coach basically said look i know it's annoying but jake's jake's available so we thought 
Yeah, because so, every single fight, like the even the well, every single fight has been so close, and it's a flip of a coin at the end of the day. Like it's it's it was a, a real close, entertaining fight. So in my head, I was just like, yeah, take it, why not? Like I, I was ready, I was on weight, I wanted to fight, so we got a match, and then yeah, I, I won the fourth one. So and then he's turned pro actually now. He's had a few a few pro bouts. So. Oh, there you go. It's two all at the moment then, mate. And when you yeah. turn pro, that could be your first pro fight. He said that to me, actually, because there was a, uh, on the RF Boxing Instagram page, it, there was some photos from one of our bouts put on. <laughs> and every single photo was just me getting smashed in the nose. So <laughs> I, I commented on there saying, oh, you could have picked some photos of me winning, uh, me landing a shot. And he commented on it back saying, um, Oh, what did he say? Something like there wasn't any. And I just thought, oh, you were scared to have another, another fight. That's why you turned pro. And he said, I'll oh, see you in the pro ranks or something like that. Happy days. Yeah, that's good, mate. Good. And then we're, like, we're, like, we're, like, we're like good mates now. It's, we went to, ten, he comes to Tenerife on a training camp with us. We're like, it was class. Yeah, good yeah. mates. Amazing. It's good, isn't it, to like know that even though you're sort of punching lumps out of each other, you can have yeah. a good relationship outside the ring. Absolutely. So, and then obviously you've got a little lad. Do you see him mm-hmm. growing up? Do you want him to stick some gloves on as soon as he can? Yeah, well, me and his mum have that conversation quite a lot actually, because I'm like, go on, ish, ish. and he makes he's starting to like make that noise and stuff now. And but yeah, I, again, I, I'll never pressure him into doing anything. Every, I, I wanted to try everything because that's one thing maybe I didn't do. If I'd have maybe tried boxing when I was like 10, 11, maybe I'd have be able to be on like 100 bouts now do you know what I mean it's just um a trial and error really I wanted to have a go at football I wanted to have a go at rugby I wanted to do this I wanted to do that like everything that she have a go obviously in in my opinion I think he'll see that daddy boxes and he'll probably want to join in with me yeah um but if he doesn't if he if he tries it oh, daddy I don't like doing that then that's that's absolutely fine there's, there's no pressure at all um I'm sure if he does and seeing his first fight will be probably quite nerve-wracking. I dread to think how my parents felt when, uh, especially obviously the outcome of my first fight, I, I dread to think how they felt, but it's just part of the game, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? He can play rugby and he can you know, break his ankle, he can break his arm, like yeah, these yeah, things yeah. happen. Sport, isn't it? 100%, mate. Brad, I think we've uh, wrapped up your timeline of your boxing career. Um Obviously, we don't stop the podcast now because we've got 11 questions to finish for you yeah, coming up, mate. You ready? You prepared? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. I'm going to start the uh, timer in three, two, one. Brad, what is your Tesco meal deal choice? Uh, it would have to be a hummus and flapple wrap. Yeah. With uh, flapjack. Yeah. And... Probably one of those smoothies. Nice. Uh, best sport in memory? Uh, best sport in memory would probably be uh, either boxing on the UK and Forces show or winning the Western Counties title. Perfect. Sporting hero. Who's your sporting hero? Canelo Alvarez. Brilliant. Uh, what is your best walking tune? Uh... So in 2015, I boxed on the Oval Show and I had, because uh, every we don't have one for every fight, if that makes sense. It's only like every now and again. Yeah. And in 2015, I boxed on the Oval Show. We'd sold a thousand tickets. It was unreal. And I came in to feed them to the Lions. 
Oh yeah, nice. And honestly, the atmosphere was unbelievable, and that's that's my best room walk I've ever had. It was class. Uh, what was your go-to music choice? Uh, go-to would probably be if I because uh, I listen to anything really. I love a bit of drum and bass. I love a bit of like hip hop. Everything really. Yeah, yeah. But my go-to would probably be acoustic music. Okay, fair play. Nice. Yeah, just like acoustic chill. Uh, what's your favourite drink? It's in like alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alcoholic. Um, I really like that Captain Morgan's tiki at the minute. Mango pineapple nice. with some lemonade. Unbelievable. Very, very nice. I'm not a big drinker. I'm not a big drinker, but if I do that, that's yeah, that's my that's go-to. Uh, who who has been your best coach or manager? My best coach, uh, Dean Trop from Liverpool Boxing Club. He's he's uh, unbelievable. Perfect. He's he's just he's just been with me from the start, I think. So nice. Uh, next question is: Who's your most famous opposition? Most famous opposition. So, in a box in the Harringay Box Cup in London, which is like a, a three day tournament, and in two I think it's two thousand and seventeen, I boxed in that. That was when I got my weight down to sixty nine again, and I boxed a lad called George Davy. Um, he's now pro with Queensbury Promotions, I think it is, but he boxes on like BT Sport and stuff now. Oh, wow! Which, but I've had, I put it on my phone the other day actually. I think I've boxed eight lads that have turned pro, so it's That's about time for me, yeah. About time for you, mate. Uh, what yeah. about advice you would like to have given yourself at 18? At 18, uh, probably just stay a bit more active try and box with regards to like sport wise like yeah wh- whatever really yeah mate. yeah, yeah so for that i'd say yeah just try and box more like because there was a lot of opportunities that maybe i could have boxed and i wasn't quite ready um just because of like like i said before because of out of areas and stuff whereas yeah if i would have trained a bit harder been more ready i could have boxed more amazing uh what was your favorite takeaway mate So, in out here is a little bit different because you haven't got the same. But I say out here, at the minute, probably uh, uh, like a pizza takeaway. Nice. But back back in the UK, yeah, Domino's. And then finally, uh, have you got any pre-fight habits? Um. So I have. I used to have a lucky pair of boxers um, nice. that I'd always wear. Um. But there's the classic thing of uh, no naughty time for a week before. That's like a thing I will, I will just always do. Yeah, yeah. Save save a bit of <laughs> testosterone, mate, is it? Yeah, that's it. Build it up. Yeah, yeah. Don't get oh, jelly yeah. legs then. <laughs> Brilliant stuff, mate. Um, I'm not going to say your time because it wasn't as quick as everybody else's, but it's all good. I'm, I'm not sure if you knew that it was going to get timed or not, but it doesn't matter. Oh, I didn't know that. I was all in the chat. so much rubbish. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. In 2015, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's all right though because when you turn pro, you can come back on and you can beat the time. Yeah. Next time, I'll be rapid next time. Ask me again, I'll get it quicker. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um. Okay, so Brad, mate, we've wrapped up your episode. How have you found your experience on the podcast? Yeah, great, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. It's good to uh, relive some of the experiences. 
Yeah, no, mate. It's uh, you've come across really well. It's been a pleasure to have another boxer from Yeovil on the show. Obviously, there's a few more I'm sure that would like the opportunity. So if anybody does want to get involved in the podcast, and um, make sure they give me a shout by dropping me a DM. But that has wrapped up the Brad Axe episode of the Grassroots Guy Pub. Hold on a minute. That has wrapped up <laughs> episode eight of the Grassroots Guy podcast with me, Harry Purdy, and Brad Axe. Um, if you would like to leave a five-star review of the episode, it'd be much appreciated over on Apple Podcasts. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the Grassroots Guy. Brad, where can people find you? Uh, on Instagram at, I think it's underscore Brad underscore Axe. Perfect, there you go. <laughs> little, little plug. Um, and yeah, yeah. You, you will find me here with a new episode every Friday. Thank you very much for listening.